0: Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. All right. Okay, I need you to do something for me as you come in. I need you to take your hand, put it in front of you, close it up, bring it up to your mouth, I need everybody to do this. Put your hand up close to your mouth. And then point towards me, wherever direction you are, and blow. Awesome, thank you. See, you're blowing the cobwebs off because I haven't preached in a few weeks. And I don't want to be rusty. (laughs) So, that's your prophetic act saying that Jeff's actually going to have a good message today. (laughs) So... How are we all doing? How many received something during the ministry time? There's that oasis, that sense of oasis that you felt something be refreshed in you, something released. All right. That's good. So there's like four of you. Eight of you got prayer. There were four of you had results. That's 50%. I'm happy with that. That's, I'm just kidding. Everybody received something, whether you felt it or not. The, the, the reality of the kingdom is that when we activate in the kingdom, something happens. And we don't go off of our feelings. Sometimes our feelings betray us, right? I feel like a coffee in the morning. And my body says, well, you need a coffee in the morning. And I'm like, I don't need a coffee. I like a coffee. I want a coffee. And my feelings say, no, you need it. I'm going, no. That's a really bad example. But it's an example nonetheless. Sometimes we feel that we need something, but we really don't. So don't go by feelings all the time. But then there's the times that our feelings are true. So it's like, you know, sometimes it happens. Anyway, where are we going to go this morning? Nope, no squirrels. You can keep your own squirrels. Actually, I saw a thing on the squirrel on Facebook today. (laughs) It's just, it reminds me, it's true. I think Linda posted it. And and there was this baby squirrel that fell out of its nest that it was like two weeks old and it hit it hit the ground plop flat. And this girl she found it and it was like laying on the ground, twitching out. And she, she took it and she she nursed it to health and, and it grew in her house and she had it as a pet. But it had neurological issues because of the fall, and, it, and its balance was off. So it would be running along, and it, and it would fall, right? And it would be kind of climbing up the, the drapes, and then it would go, and, and she's like, it just couldn't, it couldn't live in the, in the wild. And it was the cutest thing. It was like, that's a true squirrel story. It was awesome. It was like, I was like, didn't bring a tear to my eye, but it's it just like, oh, that's so nice. I didn't know you could do that with squirrels. And then she ate it. Sorry. (laughs) Just kidding. She didn't eat it. You can eat squirrel. Apparently, it's really good. (laughs) Oh, there's some good eating in that squirrel. (laughs) So, (laughs) all the hunters are like, yeah, boy. (laughs) Oh, dear. Okay. That's good. So, that's my squirrel story. There are so many stories in the Gospels of the amazing things that Jesus did. And if you've been a Christian long enough, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you have probably um, read them. You've probably had a teaching on them. You've probably maybe even taught them yourself. And the beauty of the gospels, and the beauty of discovering who Jesus is, is the fact that we can read something, and God will actually reveal something, another aspect of His character to us, and we go, "Man, I never saw that before." And it's it's to me, it's the amazing, um, it's the amazingness of the gospel, the good news. It's it's the it's the it's just the astounding, uh, see, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, at a loss for words just how amazing it is. Because Jesus is so much bigger than we, th- we think he is. You know, the Father, it, it, you know, it's like we, you know, Paul talks about going from glory to glory. And it's almost like revelation to revelation. We receive something from him and we bask for a while in that goodness and that revelation. And he goes, hey, guys, guess what? There's even more. You know, that one verse that you read, there's way more to that. Let's just peel back some of the, some of the layers of this, you know, you, you've looked through this lens, this verse through this lens all your life. I'm going to dare you to take your glasses off and I'm going to give you another set of lenses to look through that same verse. And all of a sudden your eyes are open. You're going, why didn't I ever notice, notice that before? It's because he is so amazing. And as I was chewing on some of these verses today, I thought, oh, man, we've talked about these these stories before and stuff. But then the Lord's like, no, there's something more. So, which is good. So I'm going to look at Mark today. And um, just to give you a little bit of a backstory, what has happened up until this point is that um, John the Baptizer, or John the Immerser, has a lot of text call him, had has just been killed um herod and you know the his wife demanded the head of of john and and so he's just been killed and then jesus sent out the the um the 70 on a mission and he gave them specific things to do when you go out do all these things and so in mark chapter 6 in verse 30 verse 30 Um, It says the apostles returned from their mission and gathered around Jesus and told him everything that they had done and taught. And there was such a swirl of activity around Jesus with so many people coming and going, they were unable to even eat a meal. Now think of what was going on right now. So the guys had just been, had just come back, right? They have all the testimonies. And the swirl and the presence of the Lord was so strong that people started to be gathered. And they're like, they're hearing these things. And then they're going, they're testifying about the acts of the apostles, the 70 that went out, the 12 that went out. Mark's not clear of which, which time this was, but you can just picture in your mind that they're coming back and they're having a conference. And they're just going, this is amazing. And so people are coming. I was there, and he did this, and, I, and this, and I, I'm just, ah, blah, blah, blah. And it was just, and Jesus is just standing there, and he's like, this is great. They're getting it. And he's like, yay, yay. And the people are all of a sudden, they're going, wow, we've been here all day, testifying. I'm getting hungry. And, the, and, and Mark says there's 5,000 families there. That's like, that's a lot. That, that, that could potentially be the size of Cranbrook. Here we go on the side of where would they gather? You know, all the residents of Cranbrook, where would they gather? You know, on the plains of Fort Steele maybe, I don't know. And they were there and they're listening and they're hungry. And then Jesus says to his disciples, come, let's take a break. Find a secluded place where you can rest a while. And it's like they slipped away and they left by the sailboat for the deserted spot. But many of the people saw them leaving and they realized where they headed so they took off running along the shore. Then people from the surrounding towns joined them in the chase. So they're like, they're hungry and Jesus is like, I'm going to come and it's time for you guys to eat to take care of yourselves. Because Jesus is you know, his mandate is to make sure the people that are doing the kingdom stuff are actually being taken care of. Jesus never once told anybody to pour yourself out so empty that you die and then you're glorified. That's not the way of the kingdom. That's why so many of my friends who are pastors get burned out because they do, 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 and there's nothing allowed for them to get poured back in. Right? And it's just, we need that. We need that for everybody. It's not just pastors. It's like we need to be in a place where we're actually receiving as much as we're pouring out or more because that's what, how we do kingdom. So then thousands more people are showing up from other towns. They're seeing the boat go by and they're going, hey, that's Jesus. Hey, that's the disciples. We need to follow those guys. So, you know, can you picture that? It's kind of funny in your mind's eye. You know, at least my mind's eye. Can you see my mind's eye? Like the, the boat's just trucking along, and there's people. And if it was me, I'd be like, oh, oh my god. Okay, here we go. Oh, you go ahead. I'll catch up. But it was it. it they were they were there. The people from the surrounding towns joined them in the chase. The large crowd got there ahead of them, so they didn't even have a time to relax. As soon as they uh, jump out of the boat, oh, look at you, wonderful. It's like those unwelcome guests that you get on a Sunday afternoon when you're wanting to sleep. By the time Jesus came ashore, a massive crowd was, um, there we go, a massive crowd was waiting at the sight, and at the sight of them, his heart filled with compassion because they seemed like wandering sheep who had no shepherd. So he taught them many things. Isn't that like Jesus? He just had compassion. You know, if it was me, people showing up on a Sunday afternoon when I was sleeping, I'd be like, seriously? Come on, right? Well, actually, I probably wouldn't. I'd be like, hey, let me me feed you. (laughs) That's that's more like what I would do. Later that afternoon, the disciples said, it's getting really late. And And the people are getting even more hungry than they were to begin with. That's not really in there, but that's really what they were saying. It's really getting late, and we're here in this remote place without, with nothing to eat. You should send them away so they can get something to eat to the surrounding villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus answered them, you give them something to eat. And then, <laughs> and then there's the response. Are you sure? <laughs> it's like, we don't have anything. What do you mean? Are you sure? That's what it says. Are you sure? They replied. You really want us to go buy them supper? It would cost a small fortune to feed all these thousands of hungry people. Then Jesus pulls, you know, a little bit of amazingness out of his hat. He says, well, how many loaves of bread do you have? Go and see. And they're like, they came back. They said five and a couple of fish. Hmm. So Jesus then instructed them to organize the crowds and have them sit down in groups on the grass. They had them sit down in groups of 100 and in groups of 50s. Then Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, gazed into heaven, gave thanks to God, broke the bread and and the two fish, and then he distributed them to the disciples to serve the people. So a lot of us think that Jesus multiplied the food. But what did Jesus do? He what? Yeah. He blessed, he gave thanks. He handed, it he handed it off to the disciples. He says, Now you go and you feed them. And I can imagine Peter or James or John, as Jesus gives, you know, if you have five loaves and he and he broke it, so now you have ten pieces of bread and Potentially four pieces of fish and there's 12 disciples and they're just they're. How are we going to do this? But Jesus gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them and said, you go and feed them. And so what did they do? They did. And Mark says, um, and the food was multiplied in front of their eyes. Everyone had plenty to eat and were fully satisfied it was the disciples that actually carried out the miracle and you would think that this in this case that they would be they would be this would be old hat to them they had just got back from a major mission where they saw the dead raised the, the lame healed the 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 people the demonized released and they were seeing these miracles from their own hands because the, jesus had anointed them and they come back, and it's time to eat, and they're like, okay. And, and they were amazed, but they were missing something. It says, the 12, the, then the 12 disciples picked up what remained, and each of them ended up with a basket full of leftovers. So 12 baskets of leftovers. That's a lot of leftovers. And everybody was full. And I bet there were some people that took even more home, because that's just what you do at a buffet. Right? They just take a little napkin and (laughs) so it was a ton of food altogether 5,000 families were fed that day so it, it goes to show us that when God calls us to do the impossible he does just that he calls us to do the impossible we're called to do things that normal people can't do in times that people need them the most and it's 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 a mark of who we are as kingdom people of, of believers who are walking in a new covenant reality that we're not normal but we are normal because we're aligned with our with our king we are part of his kingdom. We are part of, we're, and I've said this before, we're ambassadors in this kingdom. We're ambassadors to the people who don't know him. And so we, we, um, we present our kingdom to people who don't know about it. And it's not a kingdom of rules. It's not a kingdom of regulations of you can't do this and you can't do It's a kingdom of love and forgiveness. And so when when your needs are being actually met because of you meeting the ambassadors of that kingdom, you're like, that's crazy. I want to follow that king. And that's why so many people who have an encounter with Jesus through one of his ambassadors are like, I didn't know this existed. They look like every normal, everyday people. But man, when they spoke or when they touched me, something happened. They didn't have to say anything. You know, I I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna go there. But it's 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 just it's our way. It's it's the it's the King's way, and that's why Jesus is his his that's why he came to the earth was to proclaim the kingdom, and to show the kingdom and show everybody this is what my dad's all about. And so Jesus' 33 years on the earth, three years roughly in ministry, quote unquote, he got to show off the kingdom. He showed off what his father was all about because they were walking in that mosaic covenant up into that point. And it was rules and it was regulations and it was religion. And, and it just, and it needed to, it needed to finish. It needed to die. It needed to end. And Jesus is like, yes, send me. I am going to show the people what my father's really like. Because everything up until that point was not a true representation of who the father really was until Jesus got here. Because Jesus says, if you want to know who the Father is, just look at me, because I am a perfect example of who the Father is. And now that Jesus is in us, we are the perfect example of who God is. And that's scary sometimes. Because we sometimes forget who God is, and we act on our own, and people get stumbled. But if you think about it, we are a representation of God to people. And our view of God, our picture of Jesus and all the good things that he is, if people don't get that, if we don't get that ourselves, then then it gets it gets a little bit uncomfortable. And people get a little bit, oh. And we get a little bit messed up. But he's bigger than all that. He's really good. So then after everybody was full of bread and I mean, I would have loved to live back there because it's like every time they talk about food, it's carbs, <laughs> it's carbs and protein. I'm like, yes, very little does Jesus actually say eat vegetables. It's always like he made, <laughs> you know, you think about it. It's like he made them breakfast by the side. He made them some bread. He's a baker. He got some fish protein. Yes. anyway, anyway. That's right. (laughs) That just occurred to me. That's another squirrel trail. Anyway, after everyone had their meal, Jesus instructed his disciples to get back in the boat and go on ahead of them and sail to the other side, to to Bethsaida. So he dispersed the crowd, said goodbye to his disciples, slipped away to pray on the mountain. And so here, as night fell, picture this. the, The disciples are in the boat, Night is falling. It's the, it's the zero century, right? There's no lights. There's no ambient lights, like n- light pollution, right? You can't see anything unless you have a torch. And, and, Je- and, and it says Jesus had slipped away. And as night fell, he was in the middle. It was, sorry, the boat was in the middle of the lake. And Jesus was alone on land. And then all of a sudden, the wind was against the disciples so he could see that they were straining at the oars trying to make headways. And was a miracle in itself. He had, like, perfect sight that he could see at night the boat in the middle of the lake straining because of the wind, and it's just like, and they're going nowhere, right? It's like, and it's like, and, and and we do things. You know, We we constantly do things that actually get us nowhere. You know, we're standing there, and we're like... I think I'm supposed to, I'm getting tired now. I'm going to start to break out in a sweat. We, we start to get, we start to get, you know, overwhelmed. And then what happens? We get overwhelmed in doing nothing. And we wonder why we're getting overwhelmed when, when we're doing nothing. Because we think we're actually accomplishing something. The wind was against the disciples. And so they're doing this all night. And, and Jesus did nothing. This is the funny part. When it was almost morning, Jesus came to them. All night, they're doing this. And you just picture that they're in the middle of the lake, and they're going, there's something wrong, and the wind is blowing. And they're not panicking, it doesn't say, but they're just doing something They're like, okay. And Jesus is like, oh, this is just so funny. They're working off all of their carbs. And, <laughs> and, and it was almost morning. Jesus came to them, walking on the surface of the water, and he started to pass by them. So where do you remember that God showed up that he started to pass by? Moses. Well, a little bit. A little bit. That's, it's in the right era. The, the burning bush. Okay, so Moses was passing by, and the bush goes... And he could have walked by. But all of a sudden, here's Jesus knowing what, where he needs to go. But he goes, I'm going to go over there. And I'm going to pass by. And I'm going to see what the disciples are going to do. So here they are. <laughs> and they see Jesus. And they're going, wait, wait. Wait. We're ref- we we recognize this Moses. We because they knew they knew their scriptures. This is this is something. This is big. Oh guys, what is this Sunday School one hundred and one? Um, yeah, and Jesus. Um, and then what did they do? When they all saw him walking on the waves, they thought he was a ghost. Whoops, fail. Then they screamed out in terror. Ah! Wakey, wakey. But he said to them, and Jesus said to him as he's walking by, don't yield to fear. Have courage. It's really me. I am. Just like Moses, it was the first time that God had presented himself to Moses with the burning bush. And he said, Take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. I am, and it's, and Jesus was out. Now he's his time is coming up soon, and so now he's drawing in all of these loose ends throughout history, and he's going. You guys, you're getting it, but you haven't got it yet. You thought I was a ghost. I am. When he came closer, and he climbed into the boat with him, and he immediately, and immediately, the stormy wind became still. They were completely and utterly overwhelmed with astonishment because, and this is funny, because they, because they failed to learn the lesson of the miracle of the loaves. They didn't see the miracle that took place in front of them. Because they didn't see the fact that, uh, G- they, that they fed all these people, uh, that, that they were connected to Jesus. They missed the miracle of, that, of their participation in that miracle. And because they missed their, that lesson, they missed what was going on in the boat. It all got tied in and their hearts were un- and then, and then mark says and their hearts were unwilling to learn the lesson it's crazy that that we and we do that today you know we we have these amazing testimonies that happen that god does this amazing stuff and we're walking in it and 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 we're like wow god you just provided that for me I I don't deserve that, but that's amazing. And you told me to do this, and I did it. I prayed for that guy, and he got healed. That's amazing. Oh, God, how come I can't? And then it's the next situation. It's like, oh, oh, you know. And we we fail to grasp those things because we get locked into doing something that produces nothing because that's what we're used to. You know Jesus isn't just not like that, he, and yet he's so comfort, like he's so, he's so kind, he's so gentle, and he didn't push it on them. It just says, "Well, he had something for them. He had something for those guys in that lesson. And Mark was pretty clear that they didn't get it, and Jesus is like, "Well, let's go around that mountain again. Let's just do it again." And the, this is beautiful. Verse 53. "They made landfall. At Gennesaret, what she just said, Gennesaret, and anchored there. The moment they got out of the boat, everyone recognized that it was Jesus, the healer. See, the disciples had been out for we don't know how long, and they were doing the things that Jesus did. But I believe it's because they didn't understand who they were in Christ. They didn't understand their gift. They didn't understand their authority. Christ stood up, and everybody saw who Jesus was. Because Jesus' intention was to actually train up leaders and train up the apostles to have them doing the things that he was. He he knew who he was. He wasn't afraid of not having the spotlight. But it's because the disciples didn't know who they were. And through this entire passage, that Jesus actually got the. glory in a sense now people would say well of course he's jesus he deserves the glory yes but you miss the point the point is he shares his glory with people because we are his and and he's so secure so they saw him they saw it was jesus the healer so they ran throughout the region telling people bring all the sick even those too sick to walk and bring them on mats wherever he went in the countryside villages or towns they placed the sick on mats and in the streets in the public places and begged him saying, Jesus, just let us touch the tassel of your prayer shawl. And then Mark finishes the chapter by saying, and all who touched him were instantly healed. That's amazing. It's an amazing picture of the goodness of who Jesus is in all of the actions and all of the stories that he does his motivation is i just want you to know who i am i just want you to know who the father is and you can do all these things you know later on they're on a boat again and jesus is there and they're still afraid but peter he goes Oh, i remember this this is another test i'm going to get out onto the boat now and he walks on water and then he sinks so he kind of got the test kind of didn't, but Jesus saves them, right? There's these instances, and that's how Jesus is with us. It's like any time that you're feeling condemnation, it's not from Jesus. It's usually from man. It's somebody else speaking lies into you that are saying, you don't live up. You're not living up to the expectation that I thought you did. You failed. And God's like, no, 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 no. I'm better than that. There's no failure. There's just learning to do more. There's just learning to do better. There's just learning. And that's what we're all about process. I love process. I'm in a process myself. I should tell you about it, but the time is running low. (laughs) I think I only lost it once this week. (laughs) Darn right. So does that make sense? He's good. And he wants us to partake with him. That's why Paul says we are co-laborers with Jesus. We are co-laborers with Christ. We have the heart of God. We have the mind of Christ. And that's why we don't have to get wound up and going, is this right? If you can think it and it's like, you just you know, sometimes you know. God speaks something to you and you go, yeah, that's God. And then you think of something and you go, no, that's not God. That's, that's not me. That's me, right? That's, that's all me. But then all of a sudden you'll think something and you'll go, huh, that's a little bit of me. And that's a little bit of Jesus. And then we cast out the me because we don't think that we're worthy, but Jesus trusted his disciples and said, here, take this and feed, feed them. And they're probably thinking, no, send them away and then they get it they get the heart of compassion that jesus had and they go okay we'll do it together so we need to get that same attitude in our hearts that we co-labor with christ we are the ambassadors of that kingdom and everything that we do will reflect back onto the king and his kingdom amen all right now, let's Luke, let's move into the book of Acts. I'm just kidding. I was going to go there, but here's here's an interesting. Just I'm just going to close with this. This is I just this is really cool. I just wanted to share this with you. Um, how on, on the day of Pentecost, Peter gives a message. Right? Do you remember that? And we're coming up onto the day of Pentecost. It's probably what 20 days from now or something. What do you mean you don't know, David? When's you know, Pentecost? You you just, you know, you're just not saying nothing. Anyway, it's coming up. But the day of Pentecost, Peter uh, preached his first message. And how many people came to Christ that day? Does anybody know? About 3,000. So this is really cool. So this was the beginning of the new covenant, right? Jesus had died, resurrected, and it was in that transition period before the temple was destroyed. And it was a symbol. The day of Pentecost was coming. It was empowering people. Peter preached. 3,000 people came to the Lord, and there was life, right? What happened on the day that the Old Covenant was in, was established? Does anybody remember? The day the Old Covenant was established, Moses was on the mountain. God gives him the commandments. He comes down the mountain, and all of Israel is having one big orgy, Right? They gathered all the gold, made it into a calf, and it was sexual perversion everywhere. Moses gets mad. He says, who is for the Lord, and who comes out? Anybody knows? The Levites, right? All the Levites came. We're for the Lord, and we're for you. And Moses says, go, take some swords, and until I tell you to stop, kill everybody. 3,000 people lost their lives that day. The start of the covenant that would only bring death, 3,000 people died. On the covenant that would eternally bring life, 3,000 people received life on the beginning. June 4th. We'll be, we'll be, we will be dancing and singing on the day and eating and partaking at the day of Pentecost. Wasn't that amazing? I just, like, as I was reading that, I'm like, that is amazing! That we are part of a new covenant through Christ that is a covenant of love and forgiveness, and it's for everybody. Anyway, let's stand. I thought that was cool. All right. Next Sunday, we have a amazing treat. We're going to have a guest speaker next Sunday because I'm going to be here, but um, I'm going to be just getting back Saturday night from our road trip. So I'm not going to be in a condition to preach. So we have somebody, I'm not going to tell you who, it's going to be amazing. You're going to have to come and just find out. So put your hand on your heart or in your head or wherever you want to lay hands on yourself and say, Father, I receive what you have for me today. It's true, the words are real, and I'll never be the same. Amen? Amen. All right. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.